Hello everyone and welcome to In the Pines, a monthly podcast covering the mysterious, weird, and sometimes unbelievable stories that happen in the place where people love to find solace, the great outdoors. My name is Fox Holiday and a few hundred miles to my north is Nikki, and I didn't sing it. <laughs> and today on In the Pines is a first of what will be many of Regional monster, regional roundup. Yeah. Did the what is it? The Jamaican? What is that? The ba, 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 ba. yeah. <laughs> I I uh, I came across a map. I will be very honest. I heard someone talk about it on a podcast that had nothing to do. It was a comedy podcast, but somebody had brought up a map of monsters of regions and so i looked it up and uh shared it with nikki and uh we just kind of fell in love with the map but it's 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 a silly map with probably what like 32 monsters around the country i think it's something like that 32 or 38 one of the two i just know it's a bunch (laughs) yeah it was a bunch and 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 the one that was from my state i was uh really surprised i'll talk about it some other time probably I had never heard of it before. So, so uh, and, and the one in your state, you had obviously heard of before, but I, I had never heard of mine. And it led yeah. me down a, a, you know, a rabbit hole of like all the other monsters that are supposed to be in, in North Carolina in my region. But since we both have kind of talked about our regions in the past, we kind of wanted to go outside of them. And yeah, technically, I still got one in mind. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, so what we figured the format is for this one is we'll actually do a total of four stories, uh, two monsters apiece. Uh, they'll obviously be shorter stories. Uh, we won't have an intro like we normally do for the other ones because, well, they're just shorter stories. But uh, does that sound about right? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I did um, just, I did just kind of do all is... business. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is the monster from my region that probably pops in everybody's mind. They're going to be like, why didn't you do it? Well, because you know what? I can't do justice to that story in like such a short time frame. So if you know who I'm talking about, our Lord and Savior Mothman. Um, don't worry, I will cover him at some point in this podcast, I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah, and another thing about Mothman is that, like, I, another subject came up between you and I about something else, and Mothman came up in that, in my research about that, and I yeah. didn't realize how big of a thing Mothman was for oh, yeah. uh, for West Virginia. And so, uh, Nobby, who was supposed to be the monster from North Carolina, I'd never heard of before. So I I've really, never heard uh, of that one. No, I, you know, that's why I said maybe I'll do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Although <laughs> I will have to say, if you haven't yet, Pox, you need to look up the Mothman statue that's in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, solely for the fact that that statue has the tightest ass you've ever seen in your life. Um, and you will be jealous of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can we can we talk about something else that happened like right before we recorded, dealing with monsters? Mo- the, are you talking about the monster that got you? Yes, Jesus Christ! I stepped on a yellow jacket, <laughs> and it is killing me right now. Oh, barefoot, <sighs> stepped on a yellow jacket between like my my middle and like uh, I guess my uh pointer toe. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah. So like right in the webbing in between them, and, oh my God, like I'm just occasionally just icing my foot. So if all of a sudden there's like, silence, 
I've just gone in the straight anaphylactic shock. This thing has gone straight up through my arteries into my brain. And just don't tell me that. I don't have your wife's number. I can't call her if something happens. And in reality, more than likely, my phone just killed, killed just died. Uh, so that's, Yeah, true. <laughs> that's really probably more what happened. But, uh, but anyway, but yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, oh, jeez. Just so, just so everybody knows, just, 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 just think about your entire right leg throbbing. <laughs> yeah, as I say, you had a monsters. yellow jacket sting. I almost shit my pants earlier today. I think we're even. So it's, a, it's been a full day for all of us. Oh God. <laughs> Let's see. I think uh, the way it's going to work is that you're going to kick this one off, and then, Ooh. or, or, or do you want me to kick it off? Um, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Oh, you want me to kick it up? Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, the, the first one that I have was an interesting one. And uh, for once, people will be happy because I'm not trying to poo-poo it because uh, I, I can't prove it. <laughs> I can't prove anything about this one. <laughs> um, but uh, the one I, did, I chose that was, on the, that was on the map, and I saw it at first and was like, ooh, I like the, I like the name of that one. And then the more I looked into it, I was like, oh, okay. So in what is now known as modern-day Massachusetts, once lived a creation giant. Oh, like, okay, hold on. Uh, what, one thing you and I talked about uh, is that we need to just let people know right now, we're going to murder the names of places that you know the proper pronunciation of, and we don't. Yes, and we <laughs> apologize wholeheartedly for that. But, like, in my first one, definitely I'm going to butcher the piss out of some stuff. And I am so sorry right now. Like, I will do my best uh, yeah. to pronounce correctly. I, I, I tried but to find, we- yeah, I tried to find pronunciations. Because my first one, I mean, most of these are... All attributed to Native American uh, lore, uh, and uh, and and also just like Connecticut lore. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, and, and, and I would find something spelled one way and seem to be pronounced pronounced one way, and yeah. then you'd go and it would be spelled a completely different way. So it was just kind of the whole Qaddafi effect. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know the Qaddafi effect. Talks about. Yes, I got it. <laughs> so. Um, so in what is now known as modern day Massachusetts, once lived a creation giant named Mashup. According to, according to legend, Mashup lived on in Cape Cod before the Wampanoag people. Washup was so big that he lived on a diet of mainly whales. And to catch them, he would, he would throw boulders into the water to make stepping stones, giving Massachusetts its rocky coastline and, uh, many islands. One time during a celebration, uh, Mashop emptied his pipe ashes into the ocean, and those ashes then became Nantucket. Huh. At one point, a crab bites Mashop's toe, giving him, uh, causing him to stomp around, leaving large footprints in the ground. Mashop's rock is named after this story before, guess what? Christian missionaries came and renamed it Devil's Footprint. You know, to demonize the Native Americans tribal tradition oh of course yeah of yeah, course yeah. <laughs> it's a common theme throughout in the pines is wait for the whitey damn the white people i said it again <laughs> so mashup was seen as a provider for the uh wampanoag people teaching them how to hunt and how to fish uh they apparently became too reliant on him so he left so they would learn how to survive on their own 
So needle scratch a little bit here. Let's talk about puck wudgies. <laughs> <laughs> a puck wudgie is a, okay, it depends on what you look at. Some people said knee high would be as high as they get. Uh-huh. Some say as high as three feet. Some said as small as like a child. Um, so somewhere around two to three feet tall being the average is, uh, so it's, it's from, they're, they're from Wapadog folklore. Uh, the Pukwudgies features uh, resemble those of a human, but with enlarged noses and fingers. And the other description I saw a lot of was they almost look like a porcupine from behind. So they have quills or like scales in some ways, but a lot of mainly people said they were like scale like uh, quills uh, off their back, and they kind of look like a troll on the front or like a half human, and they walk up right on two two legs. Their skin has been reported to glow. Their, the name literally means person of the wilderness, and they're usually considered to be spirits of the forest. I mean, it sounds like a little spiky ankle biter, in my opinion, but <laughs> well, but that's uh, just me. <laughs> when you see the pictures of them and you see what it is, you see where M. Night Shyamalan got the idea for those monsters in the village. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, from your description, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, like when you see the pictures of like the old depictions of them and uh yeah. and you you see the descriptions. Yeah, it's it's almost like and if nobody's ever seen that movie before, that's that's probably really the scariest parts. <laughs> or, when, <laughs> or when the people are in the woods and these the 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 things that keep you out of the woods. And that really is like I really think that's where he gets the idea for a lot of this because this is a list that I found, and then I added on the other things that I found from other sources. Accor- according to lore, they have these traits and abilities. They can appear and disappear at will. They can transform into a cougar or other types of dangerous animals. They can attack people and lure them to their deaths. And what? They're able to use magic. Wait, attack people and what? <laughs> They're a- lure them to lure their them. deaths. Lure them. I don't know what I thought you said, but it wasn't lure. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're able to use magic. Uh-huh. They have poison arrows. Nice. They can create fire at will. They can confuse people and make them forget things. And they can bring harm to people by staring at them. So it's... And I remember that being... It's like a... Remember, that was also in the village. It's like a Native American Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like, But like... <laughs> Like, they're definitely the, the, the asshole ones. They're definitely the asshole ones. There's a whole thing about them, like, stealing children, too. Oh, uh, well, that's where they crossed a lot. <laughs> and, and and so I think part of it was that people, you know, settlers and Native Americans would tell their children that the Pukwudgies were out there in the woods and that they would take children away so as to keep them away from the woods from other types of dangers and but to make it a fairy spirit kind of thing which again goes right back to the village yeah um <laughs> damn you m night Shyamalan, stealing that native folklore <laughs> they're known to have pushed people off of cliffs that one was very specific <laughs> that is awful specific wow uh they can attack their victims with short knives and spears and they can use so this i like this one too they can use sand to blind their victims Listen, I don't know if I should be afraid of these guys or if I want to hang out and party with them right now because they kind of sound like a good time almost. Yeah, that's the thing is like their Pukwudgies exist all around the world, mm-hmm. but they really come from uh, 
they 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 kind of have the same lore as gnomes or fairies from Europe. Okay. Or these evil spirits from Algonquin fo- folklore. And so they, they go as far as uh, southern Canada, the Great Lakes. There are several tribes around the Great Lakes that they consider, that, like the ones around the Great Lakes consider them to be mischievous, but basically good-natured, who could play tricks on people, but are not dangerous. The Algonquin tribes believe them to be very dangerous, but only to people who treat them with disrespect. Yeah, so yeah, the, the Algonquin version of a Pukwudgie was the one that was more than likely to steal a child or commit deadly acts of sabotage. I mean, they still sound like a good time, if I'm being honest. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what ends up happening is... Minus the child stealing. Let me amend that. Minus the child stealing. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so once Mashup is gone, Mm-hmm. The Pukwudgies start to kind of take over. They start burning villages, uh, and they force they force the Wampanoag people into the woods. Hmm. And so, at some point in time, and it might have been before he left, mm-hmm. um, I th- he supposedly Mashup supposedly gathered all the Pukwudgies that he could together, and since they were very small and he was very big, he shook them in his hands and threw them outside of Massachusetts into other parts of New England. And, he said, here, y'all but, deal with them. I can't. <laughs> yeah, they basically were like, ah, geez, how do we how do we come up with a way to get all the snakes off the island? Boom. Yeah. All right. So he's, so that's what he did. And then, so in his absence, the Pukwudgies returned, and they started to kind of take over and to cause uh, trouble. So... The, the legend goes that he came back and he fought them with his sons. And then there's a few legends that say either Mashup died or his sons died in this battle. Um, but basically, uh, Mashup just said, fuck it, I'm out of here. <laughs> and yeah, fine. You know, you guys want to kill my kill my kids. You want to kill me? OK, whatever. So. What I found cool about this was that Mashop's story really truly was developed later to teach kids about the geography of Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And so like his story has been told in children's books and that kind of thing to explain, you know, like like I said, you know, he, he turned out his pipe ashes and that made Nantucket and he came from Cape Cod. And there's there's all these other stories that 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 are like the reasonings behind the the mountains being there he did something to cause those and and so he did all these different things to create massachusetts i'm leaving out the fact that he was married to a a woman named granny squanet um there's like all these other things that go along with it but um but then puckwudgies like i said seemed to be more of a like because I couldn't find anything that said like, oh, no, there was a tribe of small people. You know, yeah. there, you know, there was nothing like that. Um, it was just kind of almost like a cautionary tale for kids mm-hmm. and for, you know, for adults, I guess, as well to not go into the woods. Because like, oh, yeah, that that crazy that crazy mountain lion you saw as a puckwudgie, you know. Um, but, yeah, so I, I just kind of thought it was a kind of a cool story. There's not like I said, not 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 much to go with it. Uh, oh, there's some there's some interesting things about puckwudgies in modern culture. Um, so you can actually be sorted into the house of puckwudgie. What? Um, oh, that's in Harry Potter. Avermoney, right? Right? Is that huh? one of the schools for Avermoney? Avermoney? 
Yes. Ah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's where I've heard it then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the places you can be sorted into. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that's the, the, like, so for folks that don't know, that is the American version of Hogwarts, the mm-hmm. school, the uh, Isle of Ormorny, uh School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Yeah. Um, Which, now, side note I, real quick, um, love Harry Potter, but J.K. Rowling's a turf. She can eat shit. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Uh, I was going to just yeah just uh, a podcast I listened to they jokingly refer to as notorious turf yeah notorious um, turf J.K. Rowling <laughs> notorious turf J.K. Rowling um <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what turf is just Google it Google um <laughs> yeah uh but I can't remember are the puckwudgies also and this is what I was saying I was trying to look up before right before my internet just went out before you and I got on the phone but, uh-huh. Are the Puckwudgies also what she kind of came under fire for being kind of almost anti-Semitic Maybe. figures? No, that was the house elves at Hogwarts because they're treated really? like, I think so. What, what were the ones that like literally worked in a bank? Oh, that that's the, um, uh, the, uh, bring it's bake. Um, the, they're not trolls. What are they? Oh shit! Somebody's screaming at me right now. They're going, "Bitch, don't you know what it is?" I do, but I can't think of it. Uh, goblins? Is it goblins? Yes. So they have goblins they that work God. at Gringotts. Yeah, it's goblins work at Gringotts Bank. They just that just the way they're yeah. designed. The way they're designed. Yeah, is with kind the of... larger nose and the bigger ears and yeah. shorter, and they're just... money hungry. You know, all the damn Jewish stereotypes. Right. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I could. I, I couldn't remember if they were puckwudgies and 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 what. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. That was what I was trying to Google. Like I said, I was like, oh fuck, and like the internet just decided, like, nope, not gonna work right now. It's time <laughs> to get gonna on the phone. You. Not gonna Sorry. work. <laughs> not gonna help you at all. But uh, but yeah. So um, those are the puckwudgies, and uh, I just thought they were kind of a cool. There's there's all kinds of stuff like. Just like we always talk about um, in New England, there's a million, you know, shirts, mm-hmm. towels, postcards, puckwudgie, everything. Um, and it's 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 funny to read. Pretty much everybody just went to Wikipedia and uh, spit out the exact same website. Um, <laughs> Don't you love that? <laughs> yeah. So you you find yourself on these websites that are kind of like fantasy based that are kind of trying to give you as much fact as possible. But, you know, anyway. we'll use the term fact loosely. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So puck, puck wedgies kicking off monster roundup. Monster roundup. <laughs> so are there any like modern day quote unquote sightings of puck wedgies or no? No, it just kind of seems to just kind of like I there. I was trying to find any other explanations, mm-hmm. and it just kind of seems more like it, it just came from that area more so than it being around still. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I mean, maybe we should just go pugwudgie hunting, you know, sometime or something. Yeah. I don't know. So, so speaking of that, like, like. So, like, from where you're from, snipe hunting was the same thing it was for me? Oh, yeah. Listen, I got a funny, real quick, funny story about snipe hunting. So, okay. I used to previously work um, with resident physicians. Okay? Previously. My old mm-hmm. job. And so, we get a new group in each year. You know, all that good stuff. Each July. July 1. Start off with a new group. Kind of like in, you know, school. Duh. Anyways, our residents come from all over the country. 
And we had this one and God love him. He was just the sweetest little precious baby angel and I, I adored him. He just so like nice and just really like, oh, okay. And like really kind of like, what's the word? Naive. Yeah. Kind of naive. Kind of like, you know, we'll take you at face value for what you say and stuff. So there was one point um, that we had all the residents together and stuff and we were talking about stuff to do around here and this and that. And I looked at the one resident and I said, hey, I'm going to take you snipe hunting one night. And he's like, wait, what? He's like, is that like regular hunting? I was like, ah, kind of, not really, you know, and like played it out hardcore. Well, there's a, another resident who I think she, yeah, she's 30 a resident and she's from like West Virginia. So she knows about snipe hunting. She looked at me, she goes, don't you dare do that to him. And I was like, what? Come on, just play along. And she's like, no. And he was like, what? Is this not real? And she was like, no. And she proceeded to ruin the whole damn thing. And I was like, I had him hook, line, and sinker. I was going to do Aww. it. <laughs> I wouldn't have actually done it, but because he was just so sweet. But I was just like, I had him. <laughs> so what's the proper way to snipe hunt in West Virginia? What, what's the proper way? Are you, do you want yeah, yeah. the true way? Yeah, yeah. Like, what, 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 do, you tell, what do you tell people? Like, because like, I remember, because I'll, I'll tell you, growing up for me, uh-huh. You took it you took uh you took a pillowcase. Yes. So you took a pillowcase. Uh-huh. And you had I remember like somebody telling me like you had to hold it at just the right width so it kind of like so it kind of sagged down, uh-huh. kind of held the top tight. Yep. And the the bottom part had to sag down <laughs> and, and you were supposed to like thump the top like kind of keep the top taut. Uh-huh. So you could thump it and make it make a noise. And make that thumping noise on top of the on top of the uh, the, the the pillowcase, so it would it would come to that thumping noise. Oh, your way and was may, much I mean, nicer than mine because it was you take a pillowcase, but you also take a shovel so you could bash it in the head. And so then you just oh, have walking around with a shovel and a pillowcase in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Well, you ready for me to get into my first one then? Sure. So many years ago in the lovely country we now call the United States, up in what is, I guess you would say, southern Montana, several Native American indigenous tribes in the region, including the Iowa, I probably mispronounced that, told of a creature that would often sneak into their camps at night to steal their dogs. And this creature was called the Shunka Warakan. Um, that quite literally translates into carrying off dogs. So, Jeez. I mean, they, they went for the literal on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, of course, the Shunka Warakan had been, you know, talked about and seen, like I said, by the Native American tribes in that area for years and years prior to, you know, white people coming and settling. But the first documented sightings of the Shunka Warakan by white settlers began in the 1880s. Um, and that was when members of the Hutchins family, which was a Mormon family, that settled down in the Madison River Valley, which is in the southern part of Montana, first saw. So not long after the Hutchins settled into the area, they, along with other locals, began to encounter a strange wolf-like animal. And in his book, Trails to Nature's Mysteries, The Life of a Working Naturalist, which was published in 1997, 
by Ross Hutchins, who is a descendant of this family. Um, he wrote the following description of an encounter that his grandfather, Israel Hutchins, had with the Shunka Warakan in 1886. And it says, and I quote, One winter morning, my grandfather was aroused by the barking of dogs. He discovered that a wolf-like beast of dark color was chasing my grandmother's geese. He fired his gun at the animal, but missed, and it ran off down the river, end quote. So Israel eventually caught up to the animal and shot and killed it. Um, once he did kill it, the animal that he found, um, he actually had it stuffed by a local, so taxidermy, by a local man named Joseph Sherwood. And Sherwood actually put it on display at his general store near Henry's Lake, Idaho, until the 1980s. So it sat in that store from the late 1800s to the 1980s. And then in Gee. the 80s, 1980s, it mysteriously disappeared. So DNA testing was never conducted on that animal um, for obvious re reasons, because when it went missing, DNA was definitely in its infancy. However, in 2007, Jack Kirby, who is another on-down-the-line relative of Israel Hutchins, um, he actually tracked down the critter that had been stuffed to the Idaho Museum of Natural History in Pocatello. And that specimen was actually on display in the Madison Valley History Museum when it reopened in 2007. So over many years, the Hutchins story was pretty much all but forgotten. So, you know, the initial thing happened, kind of had some folklore, but it didn't really, you know, travel on too well, like down through the years. But in 1995, a cryptozoologist named Mark A. Hall uncovered the story of the Shanka Warakan after a creature or group of creatures resembling the Shunka Warakan um, was sighted in Nebraska, Iowa, Alberta, and Illinois. So not just in Montana, but in all these other places too. So following Hall's discovery, Lance Foster, an Iowa Indian, told renowned cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman, which, can we just stop for a second? How does one become a renowned cryptozoologist? Right. Right, that's that's because I'm sorry, it's not <laughs> cryptozoology is not real. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you like I want to know like who who has their. I mean, there's got to be someone out there who has a degree in cryptozoology, but like, can you get a degree in cryptozoology? Like an actual legit, an actual legit. But I mean, degree? like they don't believe in it. I mean, I don't somebody know. wrote somebody wrote a somebody wrote a paper on it. <laughs> <laughs> they wrote a paper, a five page essay. On cryptozoology. Published. Oh, God. Anyways, okay. So, let me try that again. So, Lance Foster, like I said, he was an Iowa Indian. He told renowned, dun dun, cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman about a creature that he and his tribe um, had called the Shunka Warakan. Um, and that it looked something like a hyena. hyena? Yeah. And cried like a person when it was killed. Jesus. I know. Like, so it looks like a hyena. And then only when it's killed, it cries like a people's, you know. So <laughs> this, I'm telling you, this shit just it cracks me up. I'm sorry. Like, no disrespect to Native American lore and culture. Like, totally none. I just, this kind of stuff just cracks me up. <laughs> well, you know, for, 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 for me, that almost sounds kind of like uh, somebody made a mistake one time to like, Fucking, I swear to God, it was a fucking coyote. Next thing I know, it's Carl. <laughs> it's fucking screaming out there. 
He was like, he, that fucker was a coyote earlier. I swear it. Oh, okay. Fucking crying like Carl. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So, Foster, who heard of the mounted... Oh, which, by the way, I got to back up a minute. So, the white people, like Hunch, Hutchins and, you know, the dude that stuffed this critter and all that good stuff. So, instead of calling it, because right. they didn't know it was called the Shunkawarakan, they called it... Drum roll, please. The Ringdocus. R-I-N-G-D-O-C-U-S. Ringdocus. That is a weird word. Just saying. And where they came up with that, I will never know. So, Foster, who had heard of the mounted Ringdocus, a.k.a. the Shunkawarakan, a.k.a. whatever this critter is, and I love saying critter. um, The dog stealer. The dog stealer. Um... Which, we'll have to tell them about that funny joke that we had over that the other day when we were talking about this. Um, anyways, so he speculated that it may have been an example of Shunkawarakan. Ta-da! So, then in December 2005, another strange wolf-like animal began killing livestock in McCone, Garfield, and Dawson counties in Montana. So, by October of 2006, the animal, now known as the Creature of McCone County had killed more than 120 various forms of livestock and appeared in several news articles, including one in the May 2006 issue of USA Today. So our critter has hit the big time, y'all. So on November 2nd, 2006, the Montana Wildlife Service shot and killed a creature that may have been responsible for these killings. So originally it was thought to be a wolf and the animal that was shot showed characteristics that were not common with any wolf species known in the area the animal that was killed appeared to have orange red and yellow fur whereas wolves known to live in the area are typically a gray black or brown color muscle tissue was sent to the university of california los angeles where dna samples were taken in an attempt to compare it to the northern rockies wolf the carcass was then sent to the National Fish and Wildlife Forensics Laboratory in Ashland, Oregon for genetic study. And so the cryptozoology site said where results have never been conclusive. However, if you do a Google search, I found an IFL science, so I fucking love science, article that talked about this incident of this critter that was found. So here's what actually happened. Eventually, results came back with the conclusion that this creature was a two to three year old female gray wolf. And to put all my conspiracy theorists and cryptozoology people at ease, that same article quoted Mary Curtis, who is a geneticist at the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, um, where she said, quote, physical variations like those seen here aren't unusual for animals. Within species, there can be a variability that's not surprising at all, end quote. Um, It's also worth noting, by the way, since this was a gray wolf that was shot and killed, that gray wolves are actually listed as endangered species still and currently are protected under the Endangered Species Act. According to the 2017 Montana Gray Wolf Program annual report, there are around 900 wolves thought to be in the area after a successful recovery program. However... Despite the Court of Appeals ruling against the previous delisting of the animals, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife recently announced it is again reviewing their endangered status. So, it wasn't a, it wasn't our wild, weird critter, the Ringadocus, I want to call it Ringadorcus for some reason, slash Shunkawarakan, slash uh, creature of Mancone County. It was 
a gray wolf. It was an endangered species. It was an endangered species that a farmer shot because livestock was getting killed. But what do you expect a wolf to do? It's its natural thing. Anyways, so that is our little tidbit about the Shunka Warakan. There was it, the only thing it ever said was that it killed livestock and that it would steal dogs. I kind of really like, of course, the Native Americans version of this, which I'm sorry, I know it was very short what I said, but there's not a lot of info in general, but I was just like, you know, this is quite good that we're talking about a dog trying to steal other dogs because what was it the other day that you're like, you sent me a nice little Facebook post and you're like, look, Nikki, this dog needs a home. So I was trying to steal a dog. (laughs) in a shelter in central West Virginia. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm like the dog stealing dogs. I'm trying to steal a dog from a shelter. It didn't work out, but that dog got adopted. So I forgot when you said that, I was like, what? what like, oh, yes. 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 Nikki trying to steal yes. the dog. <laughs> By the way, just for status update, my foot is twice the size as normal, but it's okay. Take some Benadryl, buddy, and some ibuprofen. Well, hey there, Puckwudgies and Dog Stealers. Pox Holiday here, uh, breaking in to let you know that we've got overstock. Um, we thought telling four stories would be uh, enough for one episode, and I started editing and realized we have enough for three episodes. So that's why you're hearing these now. And then what we've decided to do is next Monday, there will be another episode. And then on the following Monday, there will be a third episode. They're all about 45 minutes in length. So uh, as opposed to putting together a two and a half hour long episode that we know no one would listen to, we're breaking it up into three. So this monster stuff is just going to live in its own world. Just like we always said, the first podcast never listens. Sounds like the third, fourth, fifth, or sixth. So anyway, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're at at In The Pines Pod, as in In The Pines Podcast. You can find Nikki on Twitter at HeyThatNikki. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook uh, I'm at PoxHoliday. I also have another podcast called The Pox and Puss Podcast. Nikki also has a podcast called The Appalachian Crime Trail. So find us in those places, but rejoice in our abundance. See you next week.